Hi everyone, it's uh, Brad Dodd here um, from Penrith Baptist Church. Just sharing the message today. Uh, we're looking at costly living and we're continuing on the series looking at Abraham and we're focusing on Abraham and Isaac and, and the cost involved in that story and what we can learn from that. Um, but I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll get into it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word. And Father, as we open it up, as we um, dive into what you said to Abraham and that example, Father, please speak to us now. Make it relevant for us now. And move us and guide us and direct us, Father, through your Holy Spirit so that we can uh, continue on the legacy of Abraham and continue on the legacy of, uh, of God's love um, throughout humanity. Help us to be good examples of that, we pray. Amen. So as I mentioned, we're looking at uh, Genesis chapter 22. And this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Now, if you've been involved in church for a while, you would have heard this story many times. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read it out. Um, just so I don't miss any of the details. And you can follow along on your smartphones or your own Bibles at home and or at church, wherever you might be listening to this. And um, then we're going to just look at some of the really cool aspects of this, this amazing story. The other thing I want you to keep in mind is to, to always have this um, element in the back of your mind about Jesus Christ being the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate, he paid the ultimate cost for us to be, be friends with God. Uh, so they keep that in the back of your mind as I read um, Genesis uh, 22. The heading in my Bible says, Abraham's faith tested. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both, they both walked on together. 
When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yeri, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me. And you have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to the servants and travelled back to the Bathsheba, where Abraham continued to live. You've probably heard that story before. I remember hearing it as a kid. Uh, it's a really kind of unique story. It's a it's a story where there's there's just these images of how could this be? How could God kind of push this and then at the last minute um, come back? And change his mind in some ways. What we're going to do is we're just going to have a quick look at this story. I want to really pull out a couple of elements which remind me of Jesus Christ. And I don't know if, if reading that you've been able to pick some of that up as we've gone along. Um, I've kind of got some of them as before I even came into this, but then reading it and studying it, there's some new ones that have appeared to me, and I've. I've I heard this story heaps of times. And hopefully for you guys as well, this story becomes new and refreshing in your life. You see, the very first thing we've got to remember is that Abraham and Sarah, his wife, so wanted to have a baby. They wanted a baby forever, 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 and it didn't happen. It got to the point where they're both old and they thought it's never going to happen. And then God promised them a baby and they laughed they laughed that's what isaac means they laughed and that was the ultimate promise god gave them a son in their old age isaac and you could tell that isaac is such a beloved son because they didn't even think this was going to happen and so isaac's a promise from god some God says sometime later in, in the word, he tells Abraham to sacrifice him. This 
doesn't make sense. This was a massive promise. This was a, a, a wonderful gift. And now God's going to take it away. One of the really beautiful things about Abraham in this story is there's no if, buts, or maybes, or hesitations. He just goes ahead and does it. It says in the Bible that he woke up early the next day and, and followed God's instructions. He was faithful. He trusted in God. And he, he went to it. And for me, that's one of the first, I guess, those parallel things with Jesus Christ. I love the wording where it says, uh, verse 2, Take your son, your only son, yes, the whom you love so much. Doesn't that remind you of this wonderful verse in John, John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's a verse we all know. We've, we've rattled off a number of times. But it's funny that some of that stuff is, it reminds me of, of that reading here in Genesis, right in the beginning. So we already have this sort of parallel. The, your beloved son, your only son, is to be the sacrifice. Um, the other, I guess, thing was when they're on their way. And it comes to the point where Abraham tells his servants to stay. So they stay, okay, we know that, and then walk off. And it's funny how he says, we'll be back. We'll be back. So even in that language, or maybe it was just how he said it, he didn't want to uh, alarm the servants, but he just get this element of he's still trusting in God, still trusting. Imagine the thought process for Abraham when he's traveling on this journey, you know, three days in, and he gets to the point. Imagine his thought process. How can I kill my own son? Like, this is ridiculous. Are you sure, God, this is what you want me to do? And I'm sure there would have been some uh, really internal thoughts about what's going on, God. But we read that he was faithful and trustworthy and he just went ahead and did it. Verse 6, it says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. Doesn't that remind you of someone else who paid the ultimate sacrifice, who carried the wood, or in, in Jesus' case, the cross. He carried the cross, heading towards being crucified, the ultimate sacrifice. And I see these, these parallel images that are popping up and remind me of Jesus. Um, then we go to the point where it's about to happen. Abraham continues to build the altar, gets the wood ready. And then I think by this time, Isaac's probably caught on when he's being tied up and put on the wood. And it's interesting that Isaac, in the commentary of, of what's happening here in Genesis, he doesn't say uh, anything negative about what's happening. He, he get this impression that he is, uh, again, faithful, but submissive to what's happening. So 
that's an that's another important thing. We think if a, son, a young son would probably try and run away and try and get away from Abraham being over a hundred years old. Surely he can get away, but we we read, I guess we read in between the lines here that Isaac doesn't mention anything negative. He doesn't say, "What are you doing?" He does question, "Where's the sacrifice?" Like he's he's quite cluey. He knows what's going on, but when it came to came to it. He was willing to die because that was the response that God had required of him. That was what was required of Abraham. I love it. It's almost like this pinnacle bit in the movie when someone is just about to die, you know, the the hero comes in and saves the day. In this case, the sacrifice is not required of a human. The sacrifice here is saved by the our Bible says um, where is it? The Abraham um, at that moment the angel of the Lord verse eleven called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Abraham, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, Don't hurt him in any way. I love that. Just at that time, right time, the angel of the Lord stopped what was happening. You see, we get the impression that God wanted to see what Abraham was going to do. Was he going to be faithful to the end or was he going to chicken out or was he going to have second thoughts or or, or like what we see in some of the other Bible characters, run, try and run away from their responsibilities or run away from what God's asked them to do. Abraham doesn't do that. He's he's committed to God. He's committed to the relationship. He loves God. He loves God. Um, and this is the other, this is sort of the last parallel I'll, I'll pull out, is about the ram. And it says that Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in the thicket. You get, I kind of get the impression that the thicket is thorns. So he's, he's the top of his head is covered in thorns. That reminds me of Christ's crown of thorns. And I I didn't catch that until very recently. And I thought, wow, this is this image is 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 so close to God. It's not a direct image straight from what happened with Jesus, but we get these parallel images. And I thought, wow, God is really teaching me something here. He's pointing to something that I need to see. And hopefully he's pointing for you guys as well. There's a couple of things I want to just pull out. This is the first one, right? We have to be really serious about what we think about Abraham. In this story, all right? This is fair income. In this story... We cannot say that Abraham does not love God. You agree with me? We cannot say he doesn't love God. Everything he's done, including the fact that he was going to kill his own son, the one possession that he loved the most, he was going to kill it. The one thing God promised him, through him he will have all these descendants, is going to be ended. You cannot tell me that in this passage, 
Abraham does not love God because he was going to sacrifice his own son to show that. Can we get that? Abraham loves God because he was willing to sacrifice his son. Now, you can't tell me that God doesn't love you because he did sacrifice his one and only beloved son so that you and me could have eternal life. That is the cost. That is the cost God was willing to pay so that me and you could have a relationship with him. The sin and the sacrifices, the animal sacrifice, all that stuff is done with because Jesus paid the ultimate price for all of that. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He rose again on the third day so that you and I could have a direct path with God. So you cannot tell me that God doesn't love you because he was willing and able to sacrifice his own son. And his own son, Jesus Christ, was willing to die for you and for me. That is the cost. When I come into this message, I thought, yeah, we're going to use Abraham's example. He was a, he was a straight guy, like he followed God. He was faithful, he was trustworthy. Man, he, he let God into every aspect of his life including the fact that the one thing he really wanted, he was given, and then God was going to take it away. He was still faithful in all of that. And yeah, let's use Abraham's example. But God kept telling me, keep pointing people to Jesus. Because that is the cost. That's how we can be friends with God, is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. You get that? Beautiful images that are coming out of Genesis. Beautiful example of Abraham. Isaac was also a, a, a great example of being faithful as well. But Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price. He paid the cost. There's no cost involved for us. All we need to do is to follow. Follow him. And if anything, if you're a believer and you've been a believer forever and you go to church all the time and, and you're doing all, the, all these wonderful, great things, fantastic. Let God shine in those really dark places. Let God dwell in those places when you think you're alone or you, you're thinking thoughts that you probably shouldn't be thinking or whatever. Let God into those deep, dark places and trust like Abraham. You're willing you're willing and able to be faithful in all these areas, even if it means cost, it's going to cost you. It's going to take sacrifice to do that. All right, let's do that. If God's pushing you, prodding you to uh, renew your life with him, let's do it today. Let's do it today because there is no doubt in my mind, and hopefully there's no doubt in your mind, God loves you. You get that? God loves you. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share a message. The opportunity, Lord, now to, to move on and maybe discuss some of the points and to, and to um, uh, let that sit in our lives, Lord. And if we need uh, encouraging uh, encouragement, Lord, to, to change things, Lord, help us to do that. Lord, put people around us who are going to build us up and strengthen us 
And Lord, if we're doing great, if we're doing well in you, then Lord, help us to be wary of others. Help us to be an encouragement and to shine your light and to be the salt of this earth. Father God, allow us to um, to be faithful to you, Lord. Uh, strengthen us, give us wisdom. Allow the word to keep um, shaping our lives, Lord. And la- allow us, Father, to, to see you more clearly. And Lord, if we need um, special prayer, that we'll seek that. If we need to um, confess sin, Lord, allow us to do that. Uh, Father, Lord, help us to, to take this moment, to take this time to, to see you at work in our lives. Help us to be faithful like Abraham was and trustworthy in you. And Lord, we know following you is a costly thing. It takes sacrifice. It takes time and energy and money and, and resources and it takes it takes everything, Lord, to follow you completely, to worship you completely. And Lord, if there's things in our lives that are blocking that, then please take them away. Help us to live for you wholeheartedly, Lord. Amen.